last few days have had the little coming goings of a cold or whatever they call it. Not COVID, we got tested, don't worry about that. Um, and with it comes a sore throat. So I, I say that for two reasons. One is after mass today, in honor of St. Blaise, we'll be blessing throats. Uh, long story short, Blaise was a martyr, a bishop in the early church. Uh, he was put into prison and he was put into prison mainly because of his miraculous healings. And one of the miraculous healings that he's very known, well known for is healing a kid who was choking on a fishbone, his first Heimlich. But in the meantime, put into prison, it was dark and dank. And on February 2nd, the church traditionally celebrated the Feast of the Purification of Mary. Now, mind you, I haven't gotten into the homily yet, so don't think this is it. This is like a prelude. And on the Feast of the Purification of Mary, the church blesses candles that we use throughout the year. So the two feasts got together. When Blaise was in prison, friends of his, it was dark, brought candles to light the prison. They probably weren't candles, but oil lamps, but we, we say candles. So the two feasts got related, the blessing of the candles and the blessing of throats. So after mass today, if you wish, and I'll be the number one person needing, needing to be blessed, um, your throat will be blessed. And the words of the blessing are very simple. Through the intercession of St. Blaise, Bishop and Martyr, may you be healed of all illness of your throat and every illness. In the name of Christ, your response is amen. Okay, so I put that in as a, as a plug for my own throat being sore right now but also for one of my grandmother's healings, and you probably have it in your repertoire as well. When you have a sore throat, warm water, salt, gargle three or four times, and it does soothe. Jesus is using the idea of salt today in the scriptures because it's so significant in the life of the people of Israel. Salt was necessary. It preserved food. Um, it could heal. Salt was rubbed on babies' bodies when they were first born to clean them. Salt was used as a preservative. And if salt lost its flavor, what do you do with it? Just throw it on the ground. And they would mark their paths with it. So dead salt. There's significance for that, for us, with Jesus speaking. Jesus also talks about the necessity for light. We all need it. Again, coincidentally, we're combining St. Blaise and purification and the candles, but light is the issue. And we all know what light is. It's nothing that we can grab, but we need it to see, to get a direction. So Jesus has given us two suggestions, maybe not suggestions today, but mandates telling us, you are the salt of the world. You are the light of the world. How necessary salt was to the point where it was used as a commodity of exchange. The word salary comes from the Latin sale because 
soldiers in Roman times used to be get, get paid in salt. So when you earn your salt, you know what that means. They knew what it, what it meant. And light. Jesus more than once tells us he's the light of the world. And even the scriptures refer to him as the light that we should share with each other. Jesus is telling you that you and I are the light of the world and the salt of the world. Is the world so dark that we need light? Is the world so tasteless that we need salt? It was true in the time of Jesus. It's true today. Our world is in darkness. Now, I don't mean this to be a, a down and depressing homily, but let's face reality. You, don't, you can't turn on a Twitter feed or a YouTube or news without hearing how dark the world is. The darkness comes from not caring. The darkness comes from anger. The darkness comes from greed. The dark, darkness comes from domestic violence. The world is dark. You and I are the light of the world. God needs you. God needs us to enlighten the world, not intelligently, to bring light, his light, light of Jesus into the world. To make things work that don't work. Not machines, but relationships. We don't have to look very far to see the darkness of the world. It's in the headlines every day. Russia, Ukraine, Nigeria, South Africa, sections of, of Asia, in which Christians, because they bear the light, are being persecuted extra. And what's even more disgraceful, you might say, between Ukraine and Russia, two Christian nations, Orthodox nations. So, so, so Christ goes right into the darkness when our hate and greed and desire to possess comes up and consumes us. And we put on the darkness. We live in that darkness when we see that going on in the world. When I was in Abruzzo, Italy, we sat at the table at a restaurant, and the waiter did something very interesting, which was very familiar for me. He put a little dish of hot peppers in oil on the table, like a condiment, like a regular condiment, like salt pepper. He put hot peppers. Hot. So when Jesus talks about, you are the salt of the earth, and he's talking about us being flavorful, I think he's talking about my grandmother's hot peppers. So you really experience the flavor of the hot peppers. You really experience the flavor of salt. And when salt is missing from a dish, you know the difference. It tastes like nothing. It tastes like cardboard. So Jesus is saying, I need you to be known as Catholics in the world. I need you to be the light and the taste of the world. So people see you guys wherever you are, shopping, getting gas, on the beach, I don't care what you do, as a Catholic. Someone who's bearing the light and, and really has flavor to what he or she believes. 
Now you might say, well, where, is this, where do we go with this? Well, it's nothing new with Jesus. It's nothing new in the 21st century. As a matter of fact, if we turn the scriptures back, go back to Isaiah, which we just heard. Isaiah is talking to the people of Israel. They're coming home. And they're coming home with an attitude. They've been in bondage. Babylon controlled them. They're coming home. They're starting their own rituals again in the temple. But they're more concerned with the rituals than who the rituals are for. And believe me, this is not for God. God doesn't need another Holy Communion. God doesn't need another sign of the cross. We do. So when that wine is consecrated, it's God giving it to us because we need it. When that bread is being consecrated, it becomes the body of Christ. It's for us. We need it. Well, the people of Israel thought, let's go to church, it was temple, let's go and make fuss and make music and make all this and forget why we're really there. Isaiah reminds us, he said, forget your sacrifices because they stink. I, Hosea and Isaiah said that more than once. Why do they stink? Because they were animal sacrifices and the smoke going up to God through Isaiah says, they stink if they don't have the heart and the message to them. Think of salt, think of light, think of the fullness of the message of Jesus. And he says, I want you, this is Isaiah speaking on behalf of God. Come to the temple, but as soon as you get out of the temple, as soon as you've offered your sacrifice, share your bread with the hungry. Shelter the oppressed and the homeless. And when you see someone naked, clothe them and do not turn your back on your own. We're Catholic, part of the Catholic Church, universal. So everyone is our brother and sister. I don't care if you're Greek, Russian, atheist, Mormon, whatever you are, we as Catholics, Roman Catholics, Christian, are brothers and sisters to everyone. No matter what their faith, their denomination, their color of their skin, the language they speak. That's the, the benefit of being a Christian, that everyone is our brother and sister. Go back to Isaiah and he says, and don't you turn your back on your own. Who are our own? Look around. Here, on the beach, shopping center, on the mall, in the cars. The person you just cursed at in front of you in the car, it's your brother. Jesus is saying, I'm me. You heard him. So, our message is so Catholic, universal. And it stems from, it reiterates by Jesus, but it stems from Isaiah. And he tells us, then your light, think of light again, Jesus is using that metaphor. Once you do all this, share your bread, clothe the naked, don't dare turn your back on someone in need, then your light will break forth like the dawn and you will be healed. Jesus picks that up, reminding his listeners, they were the Jews he was talking to, you are the light of the world. 
The world absolutely needs your enlightenment. You are the salt of the earth. People absolutely need to feel connected with you and flavored, you might say, alive, zestful, even hot, like my Abruzzi peppers. Jesus is sending us out with this message today in the fifth Sunday of ordinary time. And we're that far from Ash Wednesday, only a few weeks away. This is not, but should be, the readings of Ash Wednesday. They're not. Do yourself a favor. Mark it in your lectionary or your missalette. Fifth Sunday. Put a little marker there. And for your Lenten preparation, read them. Because that's what it's all about. Getting ready for the ashes and Easter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But what, what is it all about? Why? So we come in contact with our lives, with our flavor, with our essence. So we know that the person next to me is as valuable as the person next to him and as I am. We all share in the flavor of Jesus. We all share in his light, and we all have the mandate to bring that light and that salt into the world every day. People should know you are Catholic wherever you are. People should know you practice what you preach wherever you go. Yes, we do it at lunch, breakfast, supper. We say the sign of the cross, maybe a prayer. God bless you. Great. Good, good visibility. That's necessary. That's just a little fluff. That's necessary. Because it obligates us to be Catholic. Once I bless myself in public, the eyes are on me. And they're Jesus' eyes. So we are known as Catholics. Jesus wants to have each one of us share our light and be the salt of the earth wherever we are. Because this dark world, this flavorless dark world, needs you.